0: The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus made the disciples get into a boat and precede him to the other side of the sea while he dismissed the crowds. After doing so, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. When it was evening, he was there alone. Meanwhile, the boat, already a few miles offshore, was being tossed about by the waves, for the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, he came toward them, walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. It is a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. At once, Jesus spoke to them Take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. Peter said to him in reply, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. Peter got out of the boat and began to walk on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw how strong the wind was, he became frightened. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you of little faith. Why did you doubt? After they got into the boat, the wind died down. Those who were in the boat did him homage, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. After making the crossing, they came to the land of Gennesaret. When the men of that place recognized him, they sent word to all the surrounding country, People brought to him all those who were sick and begged him that they might touch only the tassel on his cloak and as many as touched it were healed. The Gospel of the Lord. When Israel exited Egypt and passed through the Red Seas, the waters parted and they walked through on the dry land beneath where the water was. When the Israelites entered the Promised Land, as soon as the Ark of the Covenant touched the water of the River Jordan, it stopped flowing. And once again, Israel passed on dry land where the water once had been. What we see in the gospel is something different. The water doesn't get out of the way of Jesus. He walks on top of it. This is a very different kind of miracle. And at first glance, we might think that the waters of the sea splitting so that an entire nation could pass through is the greater miracle. But they walked through on land, not on water. The Lord, on the other hand, doesn't need the water to get out of his way. This is a remarkable experience that the disciples have in the boat. This is a different experience of Jesus than simply seeing him heal somebody. Great as it is to see the Lord restore sight to one who had been blind, great as it is to see the Lord restore the ability to move to one who had been paralyzed, this is something very different. There have been remarkable healings before, prophets, For hundreds of years, by the power of God, have healed the sick. Not one of them had ever walked on top of the surface of water. This is something very, very different. And so it is that this incident comes into the lives of the disciples, and it comes at a time and in a manner that Jesus himself chooses Note how our gospel reading begins. Jesus sent the disciples away on the boat. And he dismissed the crowds. Why are the disciples in the boat? Jesus put them there. Why is the boat on the water? Jesus sent them out there. And so the Lord sends the disciples physically away from himself to the waters. The Lord already knows what he is going to do, but they do not. There are moments in the spiritual life in a mature, not an immature spiritual life. The apostles have now been with Jesus about two years. They have seen much. They have heard much. They have learned much. The Lord is not a stranger to them. And so it is into a mature spiritual life from time to time, the Lord literally sends us away. Sends us away from the familiar presence. Sends us away. Sometimes when we're praying, that sending we experience as dryness or difficulty or confusion, and we assume we've done something wrong. Sometimes the Lord sends us away. Sometimes the gospel carries us into a situation that is unfamiliar. And we're disoriented because we don't know exactly where Jesus is, except that he sent us in this direction. And so notice what we hear. He sends the disciples away, and they make a certain amount of progress, but the wind is against them. And note, the wind being against them is something that Jesus sent them into. Sometimes the difficulties that come to us in the life of faith come from God. Not always, but sometimes. And so note, the issue here is the Lord has sent them out. There's not a storm, but the wind impedes their progress. And so they cannot cross this lake with the ease with which they are accustomed. And so it is here as they are going through the difficult crossing that slows them down. What do they see? Jesus crossing without any difficulty. The wind doesn't slow Jesus down. The water is no obstacle to Christ. He simply comes to them through the wind, which doesn't impede him, unhurried, but not slowed down on top of the water. Water is notorious for being difficult to control. It has no ready shape. It slips through the hand. One cannot hold it easily and only One filled with divine power can command and take his ease with water in this way. In fact, in the scriptures, in the Psalms in particular, one of the hallmarks of the royal authority of the Lord is that he places his throne on top of the unruly waters that the Lord with a word stills the roaring and the unruly violent movement of the sea. That which no one else can command, the Lord commands. That which troubles and threatens to overwhelm and destroy is no threat to the Lord. This is not a miracle like any other. This is not the action of a prophet. This is not the action of a holy man. This is not what Moses did. On top of the unruly waves, in the middle of the unruly wind, walking untroubled, comes the Lord. This is a very different way for the apostles to see Jesus. This is an experience of his divinity. This is an experience of Jesus as more than man, unambiguously so. And note how it comes to them. Not by Jesus sitting down and saying, guys, let me let you in on a secret. Notice what happens here. In the middle of the difficulty they have in crossing these same waters as the darkness of night grows around them. Out of that darkness, in those winds, on top of those waters, comes the Lord. Small wonder then that they act the way they do. It's a ghost. Because what they're really saying is no human being can do this. There is something more here than a man. This is beyond the natural. And from that distance, they're not sure what they're seeing or who they're seeing. And they don't begin to recognize Jesus until he speaks. And this is important, too. As they see the Lord approaching, they still don't understand who it really is. This often happens to us in prayer, too, when the Lord draws near to us in a way that we're not used to. When the Lord comes to us in an unusual situation, we who think we know him are not ready for the new way that he comes to us until we hear his voice, until we can recognize his word. That's important too. The idea that seeing isn't enough. The Lord always has something to say. He speaks, and we have to learn how to recognize his voice because that's what allows us to differentiate the presence of Jesus from that of some lesser, more malicious spirit. What does the Lord say elsewhere? My sheep know my voice. And so he calls out to them, and here... His word becomes important. Take courage. It is I. Once again, the Lord speaks, and as He does, He speaks to the troubled storm, the winds of fear and doubt that are in their hearts, and with a word seeks to calm them. But this is still difficult. This is still difficult. Because this is so new, so different, and there's still the question: the voice is familiar, but can it really be you, Lord? And so, note what Peter says: Lord, if it is really you, call me. This is not Saint Peter asking for some random or arbitrary sign he knows what the call of Jesus feels like. He's been called by Christ. So when he says that word, call me to come to you, he's not making something up. He's not saying, show yourself, demonstrate yourself. He's saying, sound the call by which you won my heart. That call which drew me to you. Call me to come to you over these waters. Not through the waters, like Israel once did, but on the waters, like you're doing now. This is a remarkable statement. And amazingly, when Jesus says, come, that's what Peter hears. Not simply Jesus saying, oh, sure, Peter, that's a good idea. Let's let's, let's demonstrate things this way. That's a great plan. This is Jesus speaking into his heart that word, come, by which Peter became a disciple. That's what Jesus says to him here. Note how Peter is showing us what it means to really hear the Lord's voice. If it's really you, Speak to me in that way that touches the depth of who I am and call me to yourself even here. Because Peter understands that's what Jesus does. He always calls us to himself. You know, and before we're too quick to laugh at St. Peter who gets out of the boat and begins to sink, How many of us would have got out of the boat in the first place? So look at the faith of Peter here because it is incredibly instructive. Jesus says, come. And Peter gets up and gets out of the boat. How many of us would have said, I'm good, Lord. That's great, I've heard you. But note the greatness of St. Peter who is willing to risk this ridiculous move because he knows it's Jesus. Now he gets out of the boat. And what he experiences is overwhelming because a man should not experience what it is to stand on the water. What Israel experienced at the Red Sea, when the water parted, it was normal. They could walk on the ground. This is different. That something about being called by Christ enables this movement that is more than merely natural. And when the wind gets higher, are we really surprised that Peter gets disoriented, that he becomes frightened? because this is not where a guy should be in the first place. But he's there, and it's overwhelming. That happens too. That happens too. Sometimes in the middle of the deepest, most compelling experience of Christ, we collapse. We collapse under its weight. We collapse under the newness. We see that here. This is not a flaw in St. Peter. It's completely understandable. And note how he responds. As he is overwhelmed by the wind, as he realizes where he is, all of a sudden, he cannot maintain his footing. And he begins to sink, which is what should happen when we try to walk on water. And note what he does. He sinks in the direction of Jesus. Even as he falls, he says, Lord, save me. Notice that his faith, that his relation with Jesus always has a directionality to it. Even when he falls, Peter falls toward Jesus. Even when he's overwhelmed, he is overwhelmed in the direction of Jesus. What a remarkable example this is. Jesus said, come to me, and even as he's sinking, Peter is still trying to get to him. And so, Lord, you save me. Absolutely beautiful, absolutely instructive. And so here it is that the Lord reaches out his hand and snatches Peter out of the waves that would overwhelm him and swallow him up. And that's a great sign of how the Lord reaches into this world overwhelmed by the floods of death and sin and despair, to snatch his church out of that, to life. From very early, this has been one of the great images of the way the Lord saves us from death. The Lord walking over the waters that we can't pass. The Lord calling us to him and us being able to get only so far. And how even at our best, we begin to sink, and yet there's that cry, Lord, save me. And what does he do? He pulls us out of the flood. He pulls us out of the water to himself. What a remarkable moment that is. And then we just have to throw up our hands and shake our heads when Jesus says to him, Oh, you of little faith, because arguably, Peter had more faith than all of us combined because we're not getting out of that boat. You know, and if we did, are we really going to make it all the way to him? But look what, and look what a little bit of faith did. Look what a little bit of faith did. And Peter's faith will grow. The Lord here and saying, Peter, oh, you of little faith, why were you afraid? On the one hand, he's saying, you have some growing to do, but on the other hand, he's also saying, look how far a little bit of faith got you. Imagine if you had more. Imagine if you had more. And note how dangerous fear is to faith. Note how dangerous insecurity is is to faith note how dangerous anxiety is to faith it's not sin that causes peter to sink it's fear we don't talk about that enough but the two great enemies of the gospel are sin and fear and fear is arguably the bigger one because it's what stops us from moving It's what stops us from trying. It's what overwhelms us, and we don't cry out for the help we need because we're mastered by it. Fear is like a flood when it overwhelms us. And so the Lord, walking on the water, and when he comes to his disciples in a new way, it's frightening, it's unsettling, it's unfamiliar. And what happens? Fear wants to grab the heart in that moment. And so he says, take courage, do not be afraid, it is I. How important that instruction. The presence of the Lord casts out fear if we trust in him. And how beautiful. We're not literally in a boat right now, you know, but the ocean is just right over there. You can see it very easily today. And here we are near the waters. And in just a few moments, we who were sent here by the Lord, called here by the Lord, are going to meet him. And he's going to come, not walking across the ocean, but he's going to cross that great distance from heaven to us. Just like he crossed from the top of the mountain to the water near the boat that day 2,000 years ago and he's going to be right here and we're going to see him coming toward us across whatever waters it is and whatever wind has been impeding our journey as we made our way here today and beautifully even though we don't say it with the same words When we say those words to him, Lord, I am not worthy to receive you, but only say the word and I shall be healed. That's really us as well. Speaking with the voice of St. Peter, Lord, I know that's you. And so call me to yourself across the water. And then silently, the Lord will be here at the front of the sanctuary. And as you get up out of the benches and come forward to receive him, that is the Lord saying to you, then come to me. Then come to me. Let us not sink on the way. Let us come to him. And when we receive him and we go back to our benches, let us hear him say to us those beautiful words, take courage. It is I. Do not be afraid. Amen.